This is the Fearless Presentations Podcast, the fastest, easiest way to reduce public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stannard. Hey there, I'm Doug Stannard, and welcome to another episode of the Fearless Presentations podcast brought to you by fearlesspresentations.com. Hey, just before we get started here, let me kind of tell you a little bit about the Fearless Presentations two-day classes. Um, These classes are offered all over the United States, Canada. We also do them in Europe and other parts of the world. And there really is no faster or easier way to eliminate public speaking fear than to go through this two-day class. One of the things that we kind of talk about in the class a lot is that you can't really learn by hearing things. Although we can give you some great information on the podcast, it's not until you actually apply those. You actually learn by doing, uh, apply those things that you actually get really, really good results. So so um, it, to make sure and check out our schedule on fearlesspresentations.com, look for an upcoming class and attend those classes. That's one of the ways that we help keep this podcast going for free. So Doug, what's today's hot topic? So today's hot topic is about impromptu speaking. That's one of the things that we get most asked about in our public speaking classes. And in fact, years ago when I first started doing public speaking training and leadership training, I, we, I used to have folks kind of fill out a, a, um, a I called it a vision sheet. It was, it was like a, a sheet of paper that would let them outline what is it that you want to get out of this class. And the thing that got checked off most often on that little one sheet piece of paper was impromptu speaking. People wanted to be better at being able to stand up and say what they want to say the way that they want to say it without having that ner- nervousness, without having the anxiety and all that kind of stuff. So, so we, we spend, uh, we spend a little bit of time in the public speaking classes on impromptu speaking, but I wanted to kind of cover some additional things that maybe you won't get out of our, our, out of our, our public speaking class. Um, one of the things that you really want to keep in mind about impromptu speaking just in general is that most of the time when you're speaking off the cuff or when you're speaking on an impromptu basis, it's not really unexpected, you know. So a lot of times when we're actually do when we're kind of forced to speak in an impromptu basis, we had the ability ahead of time to prepare, and maybe we we uh, didn't get around to it or ran out of time or something like that. But in a lot of situations, in the and when we're asked to speak on an impromptu basis, if we kind of if we plan ahead, we might be able to keep from getting into those those hot situations, those those pressure situations. I'll give you a good example of this. Well, years ago, I was teaching a class. And I had a guy that was in the class, and when we when we started the impromptu speaking session, he kind of said, "Oh my God, thank God! I'm glad you're doing this." He said, "You wouldn't believe what my boss does to us." He said, "Every Tuesday morning we have a staff meeting, and at in every single one of those staff meetings, he goes around the table and he asks us to give a report on kind of what we're working on." Oh my gosh, those impromptu speaking situations like that are just horrible, and we all kind of looked at him going, "Dude, <laughs> that's not an impromptu situation." 
If you if it happened last week and the week before and the week before and the week before and the week before, guess what? It's probably going to happen this week as well. So when you have those kind of situations that you know are going to come up, it's a whole lot easier to prepare for those things before they do, and you'll 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 feel a whole lot more comfortable if you kind of know have an idea what you want to say before the the situation kind of pops up. Now, in addition to that, I mean we're we're asked to speak on an impromptu basis all the time. Like for instance, you ever answer the phone? You know when you answer the phone, even though you may have caller ID and you may be able to be able to kind of see who that call is coming from, there's a good chance that you're not going to know exactly what that conversation is going to entail until after you kind of start the conversation. So that's an impromptu speech. When somebody kind of meets us at the water cooler and asks us a question, that's another impromptu speech. So we've been doing these all our lives. We've been doing impromptu speaking. We've been putting ourselves in impromptu speaking situations anyway our entire lives. And we've always done pretty well in those kind of situations. So it doesn't. what tends to happen a lot of times, though, is that when we're standing up in front of a group and the pressure gets on us, we tend to kind of... We, we let that anxiety get to us, so we don't think as clearly as what we as what we want to, right? So in those kind of situations, then one of the best things to do is just kind of stop, calm down, think think clear, realize that, hey, I've done this before. This is something that, that, has, that happens to me every day. And if you can kind of clarify your thought process that way, it, it really helps a lot. Um, now, one of the other things that I hear a lot uh, in class is, is um, how effective Toastmasters is at helping people speak better in impromptu speaking situations. And I wholeheartedly agree. If you, if you have if you if you have ever been involved with Toastmasters, one of the things that you'll kind of notice is that in every one of the sessions they have what they call table topics, which is basically where somebody um, is is kind of the table topic master. They'll throw out a topic and pick somebody in the group just to kind of speak off the cuff about that particular thing. Uh, that's a great way to to kind of handle the pressure involved in speaking on an impromptu basis, especially when you're fairly new to the group and you don't really know people that well, you don't really know the rest of the folks, that can be a pretty taxing or pretty challenging kind of thing to, to overcome. Um, I do have to give you some caution, though. And, and please, if you're a member of Toastmasters, don't don't send me a ton of emails. You know, I'm, I'm not anti-Toastmasters. I love Toastmasters. But one of the things that you have to kind of keep in mind about uh, Toastmasters in general is that because there is no quote-unquote professional person leading, you know, that it's the individual members kind of leading the, the Toastmasters groups. Um, you, there, there is a vast difference in quality from one Toastmasters group to the other. So I always encourage people, if you're going to go uh, and attend Toastmasters in order to get better, especially at impromptu speaking, that you go and, and check out three, four, five different clubs before you kind of decide on one. Um, an analogy I kind of use here a lot of times is that it's kind of like if you want to learn how to play golf. You know, if you get a, bu- a few of your buddies together and you guys all coach each other on how to play golf, if your buddies are really good, you're probably going to get better at golf. If your buddies really stink, though, you're probably going to get worse at golf, and that's one of the kind of challenges. So it's a good idea to kind of check out a few clubs before you, before you actually join. But Toastmasters is a fantastic way, though, to um, get better at impromptu speaking because um, you, there's a good chance that if you're in a really, really good club, you're going to speak at least once or twice every single meeting, and it gives you a chance to really get over that nervousness, get over that fear, get over that anxiety that you're likely to feel when you're actually asked to, to speak on, a, on an impromptu basis. All right, so let me kind of cover a couple of things about impromptu speaking that can really, really help. When you're asked to speak kind of off the cuff, when you're asked to speak without any preparation whatsoever, the key thing to kind of get in mind in a split second before you actually open up your mouth is, what is the purpose of my answer here? 
there and there are two main purposes that you can have. I mean, there's a, there's hundreds of different purposes that you can have for the for in your answer, but they fall into two main kind of genres. The first one is when you're just trying to give information to the to the person who's asking or in, to the audience. So basically, they've asked you a question. You have information that that person or that that audience doesn't have, and you need to get that information across to the audience on an impromptu basis. The second type of presentation is a little bit more difficult. It's it's when you have to be more persuasive, when you have to persuade the audience. So it's not just that you're giving an answer, but you have to get the audience to buy into your answer. And that can add a few significant kind of challenges to the, to the response that you give. So let's go to the easier one first, the, the giving information. If, you, if you've listened to the podcast for, for a few weeks, you, you probably remember that if you're trying to get information across to the audience or if you're trying to design a speech, you want to really limit your content down to just a few key items. So it's the same way if you're speaking on an impromptu basis. So if you're if you're just trying to get information across to the audience in your response on an impromptu basis, the the easiest thing to do is, is just to kind of think about, okay, what are just the couple of most important things that the audience needs to know in order for me to explain to them the answer to this question and, and just kind of narrow it down. Keep it short. Keep it simple, especially if it's a question that somebody is asking you during a regular presentation. So you're giving a regular presentation. Somebody interrupts you with a with a with a quick question. If it's a, if it's a, if the question that they're asking you is something that has a very simplistic kind of answer, just give them that simplistic answer and move on. Right. So in those kind of situations, it's 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 not too terribly difficult to clarify your thoughts and 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 get those ideas across to the audience, especially if you keep it on a real simple kind of basis. The second type is the one that's a little bit more difficult, though. That's where we have to, we're trying to persuade the audience. We're trying to win the audience to our way of thinking based on the result that we, that, that we're giving them. So somebody, this, by the way, this comes up most often in, if you're already giving a presentation where uh, somebody is trying to, to, to test you. They're trying to throw you off. So maybe the, per, the people in the audience are, are making kind of a buying decision and they're trying to test to make sure that what you're telling them is the truth. And they may throw a question at you that, that uh, it may, maybe is trying to stump you. In those kind of situations, when, you, when you're asked to respond, if you just give them the information, if you just give them the data, there's a good chance that you're probably just going to get a repeat question. They're going to give a follow-up question. They're going to, to, to try to test you again. So in those kind of situations, it's a little bit easier if you respond with an example or a story. And we focused on this a lot in, in previous podcasts, but stories can be kind of your ace in the hole. They're the way to, that can the thing that can help you kind of get out of trouble and actually help you be more persuasive as well. So an easy thing to do in that kind of situation is is when when this topic is thrown at you or if somebody asks you that tough question, the, just start thinking to yourself, what's an example that I can use from real life that explains this really well? Or when have I seen this thing happen in the past? And if you ask yourself that kind of question, an image will kind of pop in your head of some incident related to this topic or some incident related to this this um, question that that the audience member has has asked you and then just kind of start telling the story and then as you kind of get to the end of the story a good thing to do is to is to kind of reinforce the main point that you wanted to to 
you want the audience to pull from that story. So we call it our, our action item or, or the moral of the story is, is sometimes a good way to think about it. So you kind of tell the story and then at the end of the, the story, give them an, an action item or give them a moral of the story. And if you do that, you're more likely to get people to kind of buy into what you're saying. It's also a good way to reduce your nervousness in an impromptu situation and makes it a whole lot easier to kind of win the audience to your way of thinking, even if it's on an impromptu basis. Um, another thing, key thing to, to really keep in mind about, about uh, speaking on an impromptu basis is that if you, let's say for instance that you've gone full bore and somebody has asked you to stand up and speak on you know 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour on a topic and you haven't had a chance to prepare for that. Well, in that kind of situation, you might, you want to go back and really think about the, um, the, the way to design a speech that we've kind of talked about in one of the earlier podcasts because that can really, really help you. And basically, it's, it's a combination of these last two tips that I've given you. So if you're trying to get information across, narrow it down to just a couple of key bullet point items. And if you want to be more personable, add an example or a story and, and you'll, you'll be more effective in that kind of situation. So, so somebody comes up to you 10 minutes before you're, they're asking you to speak and say, hey, I, I need you to speak for the next 20 minutes on this topic. Could you do that? Sure. In fact, I've done that many times. I mean, I'll give you a good example. I, I, I may have told you about this on a, on a previous podcast, but it's still a pretty good story. I got, I got hired to do a keynote speech in Chicago, and, and the, the keynote speech was supposed to be was supposed to take place in November of that of the of this year, and uh, and I got hired in like March, so I had six months or so to to prepare the speech, and 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 I do what I normally do, you know, when I'm asked to give a keynote, I I, I do some research the day before on the on the on the um, the audience, and I kind of jot down a, a few items, and so I was on the plane, you know, flying to Chicago, and I'm jotting down my my keynote speech on a on a cocktail napkin, right, and I kind of shove that that little cocktail napkin into my my coat pocket and walk in um, you know when you're when you're really good at designing speeches you know the pressure doesn't really get to you and so you can kind of you can design speeches on the fly fairly fairly quickly it makes it really easy so I had a I had a knockout kind of presentation design and when I walked into the to the room there was a like a networking type activity that was going on before the speech and I, um, you know, and I was networking with some of the folks and they, were, they figured out that I was the keynote speaker and they asked me what my topic was. And I kind of told them and, and I told them that the, the topic is how to design sales presentations quickly. That was it was a sales organization. And that was one of the things that that would probably go over pretty well. So. Um, and, and, you know, we, we had, you know, I had a soda and, you know, was kind of wasting time until the, until my speech, which was another 20 minutes or so away and really networking with folks and getting to know the group. Cause it, it, the more you kind of network and, and mingle with the, the folks that are in the audience, the easier it is to kind of tailor the content. And so I was getting really good information about who was in the audience and make it easier to kind of customize this content. Well, I went to, they, the person who hired me to, to speak, um, came up and, and kind of took me into the, the main area where the speech was going to take place and set me in the front row. And he said, Hey, by the way, the president of the association is going to, he'll be coming in in the next few minutes and, and, and he'll do a quick little introduction and then we'll have you speak. So it's a, it's, it's a really fast from the time that the last person is seated to, to having you kind of get up and speak, which I was excited about, you know, it meant that, you know, a little bit easier kind of gig for me to do. And I looked over to my right and on the seat next to me, there was an agenda. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. And I picked it up and it said, you 
know, keynote speaker, Doug Stanner. I was like, oh, great. I can take one of these for my media kit. And I'm, I'm reading through it, and, and it says, Doug Stanner, uh, keynote speaker, topic, five ways to improve your sales in a down economy. And all of a sudden, I saw the president of the association kind of walking up to the front of the room, and I was going, oh, holy crap. Oh, my gosh. I mean, just panic just set in. Panic hit me because I realized that I was just minutes away from giving a keynote speech that I hadn't yet designed. Right. And, uh, oh, and you talk about, you talk about, because they paid me a lot of money, by the way. I mean, it was a, it was a, a pretty good speaking fee that I had already collected. And, um, and as I'm walking up to the front, I'm thinking, okay, Doug, you you know how to do this. This is, this is what you do on a day-to-day basis is design speeches. And so as I was walking up to the front of the room, I was basically just kind of thinking about, okay, so there's five, five things that people can do, that salespeople can do in a down economy that will help improve their sales. And I was thinking, if I had to just pick one thing that would be the most important thing that a salesperson would need to do in order to improve their sales in a down economy, what would that thing be? And that clicked. And I said, what would be the second thing and the third thing and the fourth thing? And I ended up coming up with, on the walk up to the room, to the front of the room, uh, five of those action items. And I get, when I started my speech, I gave that first action item and I told a couple of stories from my own experience about I, how I had done that in my sales career. And then I went to the second bullet point and told a couple of stories about my experience doing that in my own sales career. And I did the same thing with the third bullet point, the fourth bullet point, the fifth bullet point. And uh, I got I got a nice round of applause as I as I, I kind of finished the speech. And I'm, I'm kind of rushing out of the back of the room because I'm thinking, holy crap, I got I to gotta get out of here before they tell me how bad that really was. Because I wasn't really sure. I mean, I, I, I was getting good feedback from the audience, but wasn't really sure. Well, the, the guy who hired me caught me as I was going out of the back, the, 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 the back of the room, going out the, the main door. And he said, Doug, that was phenomenal. That was so good. He said, we've had six keynote speakers so far this year and, and you're the best that we've had. And so I was, I was kind of excited about it. And he said, in fact, um, we got, we've got a spot open next year, next November. You know, he said, I've, I've got my, my speeches kind of booked out for the next year, but do you want next November's time slot? And I said, yeah, in fact, I've already got a good speech <laughs> kind of designed for it. So I ended up giving the set, the speech I designed on the plane the next year. I kind of kept the cocktail napkin. And I actually told, told the, the story about what I did the previous year and everybody was kind of shocked. So, so um, even if you have to, you know, stand up and give a, a pretty well uh, involved kind of speech, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, you can still come up with something pretty well if you use the stuff that we're talking about doing here on the podcast. And if you do the stuff from the two day fearless presentations class, so make sure and keep that in mind that that these skills that you're developing these this information that you're gathering from the podcast is very very valuable and very useful and can be in a lot of situations even though you may not have 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 experienced one of these kind of challenging things like I have in the past anyway. So um, hopefully you're enjoying the content on the, the podcast. Um, I would encourage you to subscribe to the podcast. That way you get the every single new episode that we do every week. Uh, and also, if you wouldn't mind, give us a review on, on iTunes or on your iPhone um, uh, podcast application. Like if you go to, if you, if you have an iPhone, if you're not actually listening to this on your iPhone, I would encourage you to kind of do that because it's, 
it's these things are, are very very handy and they're all and you have the the um, the software already on your iPhone if you have one of those so basically you can just ask Siri just Siri open up the podcast app and and Siri will kind of open up that podcast app even if you've never seen it before and then just do a search for fearless presentations and you'll find the the the, um, the podcast once you do that just subscribe to it and it also gives you a chance right there as you're subscribing to give us a good review um, and basically the the more people that we can get to to listen to the to the podcast the easier it is to kind of promote this to, to new people so I want to keep this kind of going so if you have um, any suggestions about topics that you want me to cover then you can you can basically just email me at podcast at fearlesspresentations.com and I'm happy to to kind of cover some of the topics that you want me to cover as well so we'll see you next week Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.